Amen. All right. Thank you, Pastor Elliot. Welcome to all of you. I'm excited to be up here again. I want to tell you about a few years ago, I went to lunch with my dad and my kids. I went to Chick-fil-A. Put the kids in the play area while we ate, and about midway through the meal, I glanced up and I saw a kid. It was just so funny. This kid was in the play area over the steps, hanging on this bar, swinging back and forth, and the kid had no pants on. I'm talking about, from the waist down, absolutely nothing on. He's swinging, he's got his legs spread, he go back and forth. And I'm just laughing myself, going, whoa, this is hilarious. Where in the world are this kid's parents? And the humor lasted about a half a second or so before the horse slowly started to dawn on me. Oh, no, that's my kid. (laughs) My kid. My son, he was about three at the time. And he was wearing pull-ups, and he got in the habit if he peed in his pull-ups, he'd say, I don't want these things restricting. Get them off, and he'd just take them off. So that's what he did. I had to sheepishly go in there with all the moms that were in there. I'm sorry, that's my naked kid. Let me grab him and let me sneak out with him. But it became very clear to me that day, as it often has through the parenting journey we've been on, that my kids, they need some guidance. They need some direction on what's okay and what kind of things are not okay, because clearly my kids have no idea what's acceptable. They need parents to come alongside them and practically show them how to live. So we work hard at it, don't we? Parenting our kids. We want them to do well. We want them to succeed in life. We want what's best for our kids. But then life can become all about kids. We want them in the right school. We want them on the right team. We want them to have good grades and do well in sports. But as Christians, we've got to realize that parenting is so much more than that. We're commanded by God to bring up our kids according to God's ways. So while the parents down the street are working so hard to make their kids successful in the world's eyes, we as Christians have got to work even harder to make sure our kids are successful in God's eyes. As Christian parents, we've got to make sure that our parenting has its foundation in the Bible. Because success in parenting isn't just that our kids have good manners, they behave well, they do well in sports or in school. No, success in parenting is our kids following and honoring God and obeying our authority. And a passage tonight is going to help us understand how to do this. So why don't you go ahead and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Think about where we've been the last four weeks. We've been talking about marriage. And now we're going to move to the next family topic on parenting. Let me give you a little background as you turn there. For those of you without kids, before you just kick back and check out for about 30 minutes or so, let me, let me encourage you on the importance of this, the importance of preparing ahead of time to be ready to be parents. You don't make battle plans in the, in the middle of a battle. No, and let's face it, it's going to be a battle sometimes. No, you need to agree ahead of time how you're going to approach this, how you're going to align on this. Because you ought to be thinking, you ought to be talking about parenting all the time with your spouse, getting ready. Some of you might even want practice parenting. My kids are always available. Come over anytime, keep them as long as you want. But hopefully you can agree that this is an important topic for all of us. Let's go ahead and let's read the passage, Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment, with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Now, one of the first things I want you to notice about this passage, look at the middle of verse 1. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, look at the bottom of verse 4. It says, bring the children up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. In the Lord, of the Lord. Parenting is something God is saying that he needs to be involved in. God is the one that's calling parents to raise their kids effectively. God is the one calling children to obey their parents. God's the foundation of this whole thing. So to be effective as parents, point number one on your outline, you need to embrace your God-given role. The God-given role. When you parent your kids, you've got to realize you are exercising authority on behalf of God. Let me just spend a minute or two encouraging you on how important this is. Effective parenting, children obeying, this is something that's pleasing to God. You have harmony in the home, God is pleased with that. When everybody is living out their role. When husbands are leading, when wives are submitting, we've been talking about this last few weeks, now you add in children obeying, God is pleased with that. Put a verse on the screen, Colossians 3.20, I believe. Children, obey your parents in everything. And look at this. For this pleases the Lord. God is pleased with that, and that's a good thing. But more than that, children obeying your parents, it's just common sense. As the passage says in the middle of verse 1, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's just right. There's no special revelation needed here. This is just right. You can look back at societies throughout history. They've taught that, that children obeying parents, stable families are a key to stable society. And it just makes sense. Parents, they're bigger. They have more wisdom. They've been around longer. They just know more. This is just common sense. And beyond all that, more important than all that, it's commanded by God. Look at verse 2. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. This is this quoting from the Ten Commandments. This is honor your father and mother. That's one of the first things that God ever said to his people. God takes this very, very seriously. So it's important that you have a godly perspective on your role. It is a God-given Role, your authority over your kids, it's something that comes straight from God. And you've got to teach your kids to have that same, same perspective on their role. As verse 1 says, they've got to obey their parents in the Lord. You see, your kids need to obey you not just because you say so. How often do we say that to our kids? Well, because I said so, that's why. No, no, that's not why. No, they need to obey you out of respect for God. They should obey you because God tells them to. That's why. You see, you're going to be a much more effective parent if this is how you parent your kids. Parent from God's authority. Because, you know, let's face it, you're not always going to have all of the answers. And I hate to break this to you, but sooner or later, your kids, they're going to figure this out. And they're going to figure out, well, if you don't always know best, you know what, maybe in this circumstance, maybe, maybe I know best. It's like that story that's often told of the, of the Navy ship out at night, and it's uh, foggy and it's dark, and the captain sees a light straight ahead of him, and it's coming right for him. So he hails the other ship, gets on the radio, hails him, says, please adjust your course 10 degrees to the north. 
Reply comes back, oh, no, you adjust your course 10 degrees to the south. Captain gets a little annoyed, gets back on. Um, this is Captain Smith of the U.S. Navy. Uh, please adjust your course 10 degrees to the north. Reply comes back, uh, this is uh, Seaman Third Class Jones. Um, please adjust your course 10 degrees to the south. Now the captain's had it. He gets back on. This is a battleship. I order you, adjust your course 10 degrees to the north. Reply comes back. Uh, this is the lighthouse. You might want to adjust your course. And you see, in the same way kids need to understand parental authority, it comes from God. And you know what? There's no changing him. Kids may not like your rules. They might be thinking, you're telling me to go, go, go this way. And you know, I don't want to. And frankly, I don't even think you know what you're talking about. You know, I'm adjusting my course 10 degrees this way. I don't care what you say. No, they need to see that this command is coming from God. The rock, the lighthouse. And you know what? You can't change him. They need to see the omnipotent, perfect, sovereign God is the one that's calling them to obey their parents. They need to understand disobedience to parents, that's disobedience to God. Disobedience to parents is disobedience to God. And that's something we've tried to stress with our kids, my wife and I, from a very young age. Try to tell them, you know what, it's your role, little dude, to obey mommy and daddy. And you know, mommy and daddy have roles too. We all have roles in Christ. But you need to do your job and obey mommy and daddy. Make sure your kids understand this. When they disobey you, they are sinning, and they're sinning against God. And they're not doing their job. Their job, as verse 2 says, is to honor your father and your mother. That's what they need to be doing. They need to be honoring you. And honoring you takes it a little bit farther than just obey. Honor is obey with, with the right attitude, with respect with love, quick and happy to obey, not dragging their feet. We've seen this, right? I tell my kid, my six-year-old, go upstairs to bed, and I swear a three-toed sloth could beat that kid upstairs. He goes, so, so that's not honoring. That's, that's not obeying. No, you kids, you got to understand. God's the one calling you to do this. You better take this seriously. And if you do that, you're going to be embracing your God-given role, and you're going to be parenting with God's authority. But let's go back to Ephesians 6. Let's, let's finish the rest of, Ephesians, of verse 2 here. Cut it off in the middle. It says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment. And then it says, with a promise. Well, what's that promise? Verse 3 is right there. That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. You see, this practical good that comes out of good and godly parenting and children obeying. And guess what? The opposite is also true. The assumption that there's negative consequences if they don't obey you. And you got to see, there is a lot on the table here for your kids. So let me stress how important this is for you. Point number two on your outline, you need to realize what's at stake. What's at stake? How effectively you teach your kids impacts their well-being. Let me give you a bit of background on the verse there in uh, verse 3, the quote. It's a quote from the Old Testament. I mentioned it before, Ten Commandments, commandment number five of the top ten. You can find it in Exodus 20, or as I put it on the screen behind me, Deuteronomy 5. Deuteronomy 5, 16 says, Honor your father and mother, as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and they may go well with you in the land the Lord your God has given you. That's the verse that Paul is quoting here. Two parts of this promise, and hopefully you'll see this is highly motivating, both to kids and to parents. Find it in the middle of the verse. First, that it may go well with you. No, I'm sorry, that's the second. First, that your days may be long. 
Long life, that sounds good, I'll take that. Second, that it may go well with you. The connotation here, material prosperity, talking about in the land. That sounds like good stuff. The context here in the Old Testament is the promised land. That's why it says in the land the Lord your God has given you. But Paul in Ephesians universalizes this and now it says this is true for all kids. Are there exceptions? Ah, Sure there are exceptions, but there's a general principle that holds. And the general principle is this, that if, if children obey their parents, then they learn respect for authority. And so they stay out of trouble. And then they avoid the things that might cause them harm or danger, and so they live longer and a better life. But they've got to learn that they've got to obey authority. They can't just do what they want. They've got to learn self-discipline, because so often the things that they want to do on their own are not very good ideas. Recently had my kids at, uh, at Boomers, had a little free passes there, so we went to Boomers for the night, and my kids went on the little mini, uh, mini go-karts. Not the big ones, they're not tall enough for that, so they're just on the little mini go-karts that go around and around. And uh, this kid came by while we were made, waiting in line, and the kid was too tall and too big to go on. A little, little height thing there, sign says you can't go on if you're taller than this, slide, than, this, than this line. And this kid comes in, and the mom's with him, and he's like bending his knees, and the mom's like pushing down on his head, and the boomer guy's like, okay, what? I mean, he doesn't care. So he comes on, but the kid's too big. He gets in this cart, and he can like barely move in this thing because he's so big. And my poor, poor six-year-old stuck behind him like a frustrated driver on the four or five at rush hour, honking his horn, trying to get around him. And the kid finally comes in at the end of this, and he can't get out of the go-kart. He is just wedged in there, and he's trying this way, and he's trying that. He's got his tongue sticking out, and he's stuck in there for like, I kid you not, for like three minutes. I don't know, Boomer's guy's gone on break. I don't know where he is. And I'm sitting there with my phone in my hand, just trying with every ounce of my being not to video this thing, as I've got visions of America's Funniest Video in my head. But I didn't. I restrained myself, but really this whole episode just kind of encapsulated for me why it's not always a wise idea just to let kids do whatever they want. There are rules. Don't go on if you're above this line. There are rules, and they're there for a reason. You have got to obey the rules. So many parents in Orange County, we just want our kids to be free. We just want our kids to do what they want. We just want our kids to be happy. Have you heard that? I hear that all the time. You are charged by God not to raise happy kids, but to raise holy kids. That means you're going to have to come alongside them. You're going to have to tell them, no, you know what? You don't get what you want. I'm going to tell you no because you're not asking for a wise thing. You're going to have to learn self-discipline. You're going to have to learn to make wise choices so you don't suffer the consequences. Because the scary thing is the consequences get much more severe as the kids get older. I want my kid to learn when he's three that he can't just do whatever he wants. Because if he learns that lesson at 13, the consequences are more severe. If he learns that lesson at 23, consequences could be life-changing. They could be life-ending. Because children that grow up not obeying parental authority, they don't obey any authority, and it doesn't go well with them. I mean, the Bible is full of examples Think about uh, Eli's kids, Hophni and Phinehas. Think about David's kid, Absalom. These are kids that died at a very young age because they didn't learn obedience and they didn't learn self-discipline from their parents. 
There is very great danger in lack of parenting. And there's, there's very great benefits in godly parenting. There's a lot at stake for your kids. You can set them off on the right path for life, or they can go down the wrong path. And the results of those two paths are very, very different. But there's not just practical issues at stake here. There's bigger, bigger spiritual realities. And that's where the passage goes in verse 4. When you look at verse 4, where it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Paul addressing fathers here primarily. Fathers, head of the household. This is particularly important for you. And yeah, the word can be used for mothers as well, and they're likely in view in the first three verses, but Paul's saying mainly fathers. And his instructions, bring up your children in the discipline and the instruction, and here's our phrase, of the Lord. God, the center of the parenting relationship. In a world that doesn't really care about what God says in any moral issue whatsoever, you're going to have to work hard at it, not just to go with the flow. You're going to have to work hard, to point number three, you're going to work hard to parent your kids biblically. In a world that's just going the opposite way from God, you're going to have to work hard to parent your kids biblically. Well, great, how do I do that? Well, the passage gives us three ways to do that. One negative way and two positive ways. So I got three little pointy fingers for you because I love the pointy fingers. Can't do a lesson without them. Pointy finger number one, you need to not provoke your kids. Don't provoke your kids. That's the negative way. Don't provoke your kids. Fathers, don't provoke your children, as verse 4 says. And if you think about it, very, very countercultural. How often do you hear... Kids, don't provoke your father. No, this is turned around here. Fathers are the ones that are called to have restraint. Don't provoke your kids. A couple things to watch out for here so you don't provoke your kids. Don't be harsh with them. Don't be overly cruel, overly angry. How many, how many angry young men learned anger at home? You've got to be consistent with them. You can't say one thing and then do another. That's just going to frustrate them. You've got to be clear on the expectations. You've got to be clear on the rules so that kids know what's expected of them. Don't use demeaning language with them. Sometimes it's so easy to tease them, make fun of them, nag them, make light of the problems. You know, when you're four and you lose the Lego piece or your video game's not working right, this is a big deal to them. So be, be sensitive. Don't be overly negative. Blaming, always, always blaming your kids, never praising their kids. We get stuck. We find ourselves, my wife and I, we get stuck in this rut sometimes always mad at our kids because our kids are always doing something stupid. That's why we're always mad at our kids. <laughs> so we, we said, you know, we got to do something different. We took a little notebook and put it on the counter and throughout the week, if the kids do something good, sometimes they do something good and we write it down. And then once a week we're doing one of our Bible studies, we sit down, we bust out the notebook and say, you know what, here are the things that you are doing well. We're on you on the things you're not doing well, but let's, hey, let me praise you for the things you're doing well. And all these things, working hard, making sure you're encouraging and not provoking your kids. As the middle of verse 4 says, then we need to bring them up to maturity in Christ. So two more ways to do this, two more ways we can parent our kids biblically. Point of finger number two, you need to correct your kids. Bring them up in the discipline of the Lord, as verse 5 says. The word discipline, the idea of correction, has the idea of instructions, but, but with warnings, with rebukes. The idea of correcting is correcting their mistakes and, and re-aiming 
their desires, taking a kid that maybe wants to go one way and redirecting them another way. Like my older kid recently came to me and said, hey, Dad, can I do a lemonade stand? And I said, sure, sure. Now, common miscommunication in our household, I say sure, thinking like, sure, eventually, that's something we can do someday. He hears, sure, immediately, I will start that right now. 20 minutes go by, I said, where's my kid? Find him in the garage, he's got like lemonade cups on the floor of the garage, he's got a chair with an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, it's written on there, lemonade, $15 a glass. I said, I said let, me, let me help you out here. No one's going to walk all the way down the street, up our driveway, into our garage to buy a $15 glass of lemonade. Let me, let me correct you here. Took him down to the end of the street, changed the price to 50 cents. My wife made some really nice directions or decorations for him, and he made a lot of money, too much money in, in my opinion. But my, as a parent, I saw my kid going down the wrong path, so I corrected and I redirected my kid. Now, that's funny when we're thinking about a kid selling lemonade off the floor of my garage. But if we're talking about my kids playing in the busiest street, all of a sudden now correcting my kid is one of the most loving things that I can do as a parent. Why don't you turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12 because we're going to see that God does the very same thing for us. He steps in and he disciplines us. He corrects us. He doesn't want us going down the wrong path. Why does he do this? Let's pick up Hebrews 12, verse 6. It says, For the Lord disciplines, there's a word, the Lord disciplines the one he is annoyed at. Is that what he, no, the one he loves, that's who he disciplines, and he chastises every son whom he receives. It is discipline, it is for discipline, that you have to endure. God is treating you as what? As sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? And the answer here is, well, hopefully none, right? Fathers discipline their kids. That's what they do. What's the point of all of it, though? Scroll down to verse 11, Hebrews 12, 11. For at the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. I don't like it. It feels bad. But there's a point. Later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. God is turning us from our own ways back to his ways. And we play that very same role for our kids, turning them from the wrong way back to God's way. Many, many ways to do this as a parent. For my nearly 10-year-old, it's all about taking away privileges now, taking away computer time. But for many of you with younger kids, the important way to do this is spanking. The Bible is very, very clear on this. You need to be spanking your kids. Don't have time to go too deep here, but let me show you a couple verses if there's any doubt. Proverbs 13, 24. Whoever spares the rod, talking about spanking here, hates his son. That's not loving. You hate your son. But he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. If you love your child, you're going you're to spank him. What's the purpose of it? Look at the next verse. Proverbs 22:15. Folly. Stupidity is bound up in the heart of a child. We've all seen it. But spanking, the rod of discipline, drives it far from him, drives your foolishness from your child. Next one, Proverbs 23, 13 through 14. You don't know my kid. It's, it's too harsh. My kid can't take it. Don't withhold discipline from a child. If you spank him, if you strike him with a rod, he's not going to die. Or you're doing it wrong. He's not going to die. If you strike him with a rod, you're going to save his soul 
from Sheol. That was good. You're going to save him, turning him from his own foolish ways. Proverbs 29, 15, last one. The rod, spanking, and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Why? Because he's an unruly kid, and he doesn't obey, and he's annoying. Had a birthday party on Sunday for my, uh, he turned seven, my younger one just turned seven. Fifteen seven-year-olds running around the bowling alley. I tell you, there are plenty of kids, unruly kids, unspanked kids, bringing shame to their mother. The Bible's clear on this. You have got to redirect your kids to God's ways. And spanking is one of the key ways God gives you to do this. There's rules here on how to do it. You've got to do so lovingly. You never, never spank your kids when you're angry. Calm down first. Send your kids to the room. Give them some time to calm down. Give you some time to calm down. Don't spank when you're angry. And again, be consistent and fair so your kids know what to expect. You can't fly off the handle one day and let it go the next day. You're just going to frustrate your kid if you do that. You need clear expectations, clear understanding of what obedience looks like, and clear enforcement when they fall short. One last pointy finger. We need to not only correct our kids, we also need to direct our kids. Or as the verse says, we need to bring them up in the instruction of the Lord. The direction and the instruction of the Lord. You've got to be giving your kids basic understanding of the core beliefs of the Christian faith. Teaching your kids. Two main ways to do this. You can do this with your words. You can instruct them with your words. Getting them acquainted with what the Bible says. Understanding the gospel message. This is your job as parents. Don't pass the buck to the Iwana teacher. Don't pass the buck to the Sunday school teacher. This is your God-given role as parents. Nothing can replace that. What does that mean? It means you need to be having regular time reading the Bible to your kids. Every night we read the Bible to our kids before they go to bed. Once a week, we have deeper Bible study time, family Bible study time, going deeper in some theological issues that their little minds can grasp. Read Christian books to your kids. Pastor Mike and Carlin have this great list of, of good, godly parenting Christian books for you to read with your kids. I just took a sampling of them. They're on the back of your outline. Tons of them. Right? Go over to the bookstore. Go, go on Amazon.com. Buy some of these books. We've got basic Christian basics, creation, evolution, parenting. And this is just a part of the list. There's more. But turn off the TV, sit down with your kids, and start instructing them in the ways of the Lord. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Last verse I'm going to have you turn to tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Whether it's the Bible, whether it's sitting down with our kids and reading one of these books to them, we ought to be always looking for opportunities to explain God's truth, to explain the scriptures, to explain theological issues to our kids. Now, Deuteronomy 6, context here is we're talking about the greatest command. The greatest command, God says, is you love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. That's Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. Then pick it up in verse 6. It says, These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. You need to direct your kids. You need to instruct your kids. That's great. How do I do that? When should I do that? Well, you should talk to them when you sit around the house. 
Maybe having dinner, you ought to be talking to your kids about God, about the Bible. When you walk by the way, maybe when you're driving your kids to school, when you lie down, when you rise, the point is you should never be missing an opportunity to be speaking to your kids about God, whenever you are or wherever you are. We had the privilege of taking our kids to Disney World last year, and we were on this, uh, this dinosaur ride. We're waiting in line, and dinosaurs all around, and this voice comes on the loudspeaker. Hey, everybody, this is Bill Nye, the science guy. And I'm thinking, Bill Nye, the science guy? That's, that's the guy that debated Ken Ham that was here at Compass last year. And you know what he's going to say, millions of years, dinosaurs, blah, blah, whatever. Got off the ride and said, you know what? I took my kids right off the ride and said, look, this is what you just heard. This is what the world thinks about evolution. Now here's what God says about creation. Always be looking for ways to instruct your kids. Whenever, wherever you are, be proactive about this. Because you want your kids hearing from you first what God thinks about creation or evolution. You want your kids hearing from you first about what God thinks about sex or, or who knows, what, what, what God thinks about the transgender kid in their class. What God thinks about how to say no to peer pressure. You should never be missing an opportunity to instruct your kids. You've got to be teaching them with your mouth, with your words, direct your kids. That's the first way. But not only can you direct your kids with your words, of course, you can direct your kids with your actions as well. You need to model for them what it is that a godly life looks like. Because you know what? Those little eyes, they are always watching you. Always watching you. This became painfully clear to us very early on in our parenting life, as we had our older one, he was only about one, one and a half at the time, sitting in the back seat of the car, pulled up to the stoplight, stoplight's red, stoplight turns green, light turns green, car in front of us doesn't move, little voice from the back seat, come on, people. I'm like, come on, people. That's funny. Where in the world did you learn that? Oh, learn that from us. My kids' first words were like, mama, dada, and come on, people. I was like, the first things he said. And it was a wake-up call to us. You know what? These kids, they're always watching us. You want your kids to take biblical instruction to heart from you? You've got to make sure that you are living it. You've got to be in the Word yourself. Do your kids see you doing this? Do you say, you know what? I'm sorry, Dad can't play with you right now because he's got to read the Bible. Or Mommy's got to read the Bible. Many of you with kids in Iwana, most of them can, they can recite the books of the Bible in order. Can you do that? Are you memorizing verses like they are? How do you expect to lead your kids if you're not doing this yourself? You've got to be in church regularly in the pattern of taking your kids to church. Church takes priority over sports or over anything else going on in life. Think about, think, think about our passage. What's the first thing Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6? He says, children. He's addressing children. What's going on here? Paul's writing a letter that's going to be read in a church. Paul's assumption is that the kids are sitting there right next to their parents to hear God's word. You've got to live the life that you're trying to teach your kids. They're going to spot, they're going to spot the hypocrisy if you don't. You want to parent your kids biblically? You've got to be living biblically. And it's tough. Parenting's demanding. I get it. You're going to be in the trenches. It's, it's going to be draining at times. Parenting... I mean, no doubt, Parent, parenting is a 24-7 job by very definition. And if you're sitting there with a one-year-old right now, you might be thinking, oh man, I ain't going to be in this thing for a while. But let me tell you, it, it goes by in a flash. And everybody tells you this. Everybody told us that. And my older one is going to turn 10 next week. 
I'm like, where in the world did the time go? I'm over halfway done with my kid, and I'm thinking, what happened? I already see my influence with him starting to wane just a little bit. So let me encourage you, remind you, you got to stay focused on your goal. you got to prepare your kids with a firm biblical foundation. you got to help them understand what God's standards are for life. you got to help them understand his need for repentance. And you got to be motivated. You have got to be motivated by the joy it would be to hear your kid come to you one day and say, Hey, Dad, guess what? I've repented of my sins and I've placed my trust in Christ. What a joy that would be. We've not had the pleasure of that yet. My kids are a bunch of heathens still, but my wife and I, we pray that God grants them eternal life. And many of you have had this experience. Men or couples talk to them, talk about what a joy it is to see your kids obediently following Christ. So be motivated by that, to stay, to stay energized and to stay focused on your goal. And embrace, point number one, embrace your God-given role. Parenting with God's authority. Not your own, but with God's authority. Remember what's at stake. We're talking about the well-being of your kids. And commit and commit and commit to parent your kids biblically. Correcting them and directing them in the ways of the Lord. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, I just thank you for this encouragement you've given us in Ephesians chapter 6 to keep our focus on you and our parenting. Help us not to to look around at the world and see how they're telling us to parent and what the world says success in parenting is. Help us to look to you. Help us to look to your word to understand what it is that you want us to do as parents and what success looks like and how we can work hard and help us all be motivated and help us all be encouraged to work hard to parent our kids biblically. I just pray for a small group time right now that we can have good discussions and we can learn from one another and mainly learn from you on how we can keep a firm biblical foundation in our parenting. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, everyone. Have a good small group discussion.